1: Um, if you don't know me, my name's Rex. I am a guy from Whittier, California. I was raised at a lower income. We didn't have Adidas. We had Adidos. We didn't have Nikes. We had Mikeys. You know what I mean? We were struggling. We didn't have a lot to live on, but we had a lot to live for. And I had great parents in my corner that kept telling me something big could happen for my life. And they exposed us to opportunities that stretched us and expanded our field of vision and what was possible for our life. And it's amazing that when you get exposed to a new normal, it's tough to go back and be okay. You know what I mean? And so I'm grateful for that. And I've had a wonderful opportunity to be married to an incredible woman. At some point, she needs to come here with me. I've been here three times. And she's home being a mom to my 10-year-old little girl. I'll share a little bit about her story, maybe a little bit tonight. I'll maybe use a little bit of my wife. But she's the hero of our family. I met my wife. She was facing death. Her aortic root had ballooned completely out. And they were uh, expecting her to drop dead. uh, Her heart would explode on her chest. And we met at a meeting just like this at the end of the night. She, I was motivating in a place in Canada. And she came forward and she said, hey, do you think that you can maybe say a prayer for me? I'm in real trouble. And there's no hope that they can do for my heart. And I said, go for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, let's pray. And we prayed a little prayer. And I said, I think you need to go have a surgery. And God's going to use doctors in this situation to bring healing to you. But I think you need to go and do it. And that was the end of it. Well, I had no idea that she went to a church. It was kind of a really funky, like, you know the pastor was and he said if you go seek medical attention god will help you and so she was trying to like honor god had all these false beliefs about god well she had enough courage and she went and signed her life away they took her heart out of her chest for four hours put it back in and things started all up by itself and so years later we were able to meet we fell in love we're still in love that's a cool story she needs to come she'd be so good so she's momming, she's momming it at the house tonight. You're going to like tonight, and you're going to love tonight. It's going to be good for your soul. You guys ready to jump into this? All right. We've been on a really, really good mission here. I think we spoke maybe about 20-something times in the last 30-something days. So, and then we're going to fly all night long tonight and go speak in Nashville tomorrow. So you're going to be gracious to me and come after me with all your energy. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. The title of my speech tonight was To Turn Your Power On. A couple years back, I did a commercial with Czech Congo and the UFC, and we did it through Viacom, owns MTV, and we created a whole campaign called Turn Your Power On, because we're aware that so many people are dealing with power outages, emotionally and relationally. They used to be slim, now they needed a gym. Come on, smile, even if you've got three teeth, try it. They once had a passionate marriage, but now it becomes stagnant and stern. John Day, good to see you. They used to have growth, they used to be becoming something, and now they're sitting there and life is doing something with them rather than them doing something with life. Ever been there before? We created this whole campaign of turning your power on, that there would be a moment or an opportunity that you can make a new decision and change things. Because we recognize powerlessness is the root of all negative emotion. Think about it for a minute. If you feel powerless to change your past, you feel guilty, condemned, shameful. And when you can feel condemned, it steals your joy, which steals your strength. So many people, come on, they used to be strong. They used to have a shout. When you came out of your mama's womb, you came out with a shout inside you. If you didn't, that doctor spanked your booty to make sure you had a shout in you. Isn't that true? Come on. But if you talk to most people, that shout's been reduced to a whisper. How are you? I'm fine. That four-letter F word that keeps screwing your life up more than anything else. How are you? I'm fine. How are your kids? They're fine. How's your marriage? It's fine. How's your career? It's fine. That four-letter F word screws your life up more than the cuss word, four-letter F word. Why? Because it doesn't hurt bad enough to do something about it, and it's not too good that where you celebrate it, so you live in a place where I'm just fine. If you're there, don't put yourself down because you'll stay there. Come on. But it's going to be a new shift tonight. You're going to like this tonight. It's really good. If you feel powerless to change your future, you feel scared, nervous. Scared money don't make money. How many know that's true? You live reactive to emotion, and culture wants you to live by your feelings. In fact, let me even go spiritual. The enemy would love for you to live by your feelings because you can't live by how you feel and now you live by faith at the same time. And the Bible says the righteous people, they live by faith. Four times in the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The word live by is a chaos in the Hebrew language. It means they recover health. They live animated, passionate, purposeful. They live powerful. But it's only when they're in faith. How many know you can feel so many emotions in a day? Come on. What a a shaky way to build a sturdy life. Maybe that's why Solomon said, better is the vision of the eyes than the wandering of emotion. The word emotion is an exmover. It's a Latin term. It means to move away from. When you're led by your emotions, it removes you from the driver's seat of your life and you live by how fickle feelings can be. You can be angry and horny all in about two minutes. You just laughed because I said horny in church. Some of y'all did something to get here. Come on, somebody. but just because I feel it doesn't mean I am it or have to live that. That's why it's called self-control. You get around people that are maybe more charismatic believers. They always want to talk about casting out demons, but they don't have any self-control over Oreo cookies. How are you going to cast out the devil when you don't have any, come on, ownership of fruit Loops at 1130 at night? That's a word for somebody right there. How you can you get the devil to obey you there? Come on, but you can't, like, overcome the Fruit Loop. And I'm not talking about your uncle. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the Fruit looping that's in the freaking bowl. If you feel powerless about your present, it makes you feel depressed and angry. When we feel like things won't change, we become internally bullied by emotions to where we feel like, man... You start to feel like allergies can't shift. You can't shift your economy. You can't shift the way your kids are. You can't change things. All of a sudden you become very angry all these toxic emotions begin to drive and move your life. And if you look at most people, they're emotionally flatlining right now. Even people with the nature of God in them, the spirit of God in them, and they're emotionally flatlining all because of where they're living emotionally. The good news is you're never what you feel, you're always what you decide. Someone really needs to own that little piece of wisdom that can bring some wealth. How many know you can experience hundreds of different emotions in a day, but you're never what you feel. You're always what you decide. You're never what you feel. You are what you decide. You're never, let me give you some power back in your holster. I'm, just because I feel I'm an addict doesn't mean I am an addict. Just because I feel like I'm depressed doesn't mean I gotta be a depressed person. Just because I feel like I'm Poe doesn't mean I gotta be Poe. Just because I feel... Pitiful doesn't mean I got to indulge. If we're not careful, culture will prophesy us into coming to a pity party where the devil will give you an invitation 24-7. And if you feel like you need a pity party, schedule one. Some of you need an outlet. Why don't you schedule 10 minutes a week where you can sit there and gripe and complain about how horrible your life is, and then for the rest of the seven days, you have to show up and be happy, in a good mood, and be an excellent person, but you get 10 minutes a week just to be a a little critical. Hey, come on, watch. So where are you all going with this? This is just a prelude. Because I'm going to go into a portion of the Bible where a guy, Paul, who wrote 14 books of the New Testament, he's in jail about waiting to die. He was imprisoned physically, but not imprisoned internally. Ooh, that's powerful. He even said, you put me in chains on the outside, I'm in a jail cell, but the word of God in me and what God's doing in me is not chained. See, some of you feel like you're chained to a job, you're chained to a career, you're chained, but that doesn't change. See, the breakthrough for you is not gonna happen in your circumstance, and it evolves out of your mentality, not the circumstance. You're waiting for something to shift there, but it shifts here. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You're one idea away from a better life. You're one idea away from a better mood set. You're one idea away from getting your health and your energy back. You're one idea away from having a marriage that's passionate. Someone's going to retire from. Hey, I'm not just going to just go through the rest of 2022. Come on, barely make it, and maybe just you know, just maybe stumble into 23. Someone's going to get their power back in here, and they're going to say, "Hey, things might be down on the outside, but I'm going to stand up on the inside." Remind me of that little boy in church. I've used this story before. This little boy kept getting up, and every, the pastor was speaking. He kept getting up going, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, right there, you know they're not in white church. So mama, you know, full gospel, So she's like, sit down, shut up. The little boy sitting there. He kept getting up. He goes, I'm going to take away your video games for a month if you get up again. So he sat there and put his hands in his pits, and he was all ticked off. And then he and he sat there, and the mother goes, "What? What? What?" To kind of egg him on. He goes, "Oh, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm jumping and shouting on the inside, and you can't do nothing about it." Some of you, that's the way you need to get your life back that way. Come on, as a kid, you would be chasing the ice cream truck with no money. Come on, do 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 do. Come on, by faith, you gonna get a freaking big stick. You had Cheetos in your hair, you was a Ninja Turtle, a G.I. Joe action figure. Come on, life was all about creation, not conflict. You didn't care about if Trump was there or Joe Biden fell off his bike for the 30th time. So good. Come on. So the challenge is you started letting blind people proofread your vision. and they put limits and lids of what's possible for you and they put chains on your brain almost like those invisible fences with dogs you ever see those shock collars that every time they go off the property something shocks them and it brings them back every one of us has got a thought process or a pattern that when we go to push above average something jerks you back it says hey you can't go beyond this place what if your one new god idea thought because the scripture says Isaiah 48:17 that God teaches you to profit Someone said, God teaches me, God teaches me to, profit. to profit. Ooh, what if he taught you to profit relationally with your kids? What if he taught you? So rather than letting a system raise them, you raise them. Come on. Why? The Bible says your kids will be mighty in the land. Do I treat them like they're going to be mighty in the land, or do I treat them like they're going to be many in the land? Are they going to be a discount version of what's possible for their life? They're going to rise to the level of your confession. When I work with sheriffs or I work with detectives or different things that we get brought into, you watch kids. They completely transform when you begin to affirm what they're capable of doing and who they really are and you don't speak to their limitation but you speak to the attention, the potential of it. You begin to prophesy them blind. You see their shoulders go back. Their physiology changes. Immediately you put a demand on their potential. You pull a brand new child out of a dysfunctional child. They might have been riddled with all kinds of labels from medical diagnoses to their bipolar to this. Immediately when you begin to rise the level of your confession children put their arms back, they put their shoulders back, their head goes up high. Doesn't that shift for you when someone starts speaking to your potential? Doesn't that shift if really God starts speaking to you? Because there are actually three voices you hear. This isn't in my notes but this is just for the extra gas that you spent to come here and the high gas prices you got your voice the devil's voice god's voice which voice am i tapping into you can't get an fm radio station on an am dial this is good i haven't got to my part where i'm going to speak it yet but here the the devil's voice is always condemning you for what you should have done you didn't do or what you did do and it gives you no hope for a better future. How do I recognize his voice? Always criticizing and critiquing you. It's not just you in your mind because that eats away at your confidence. Let me tell you this: the enemy cannot steal your competence. That's why he's got to go after your confidence. The enemy cannot ungift you. I got some, I gotta say that again. The enemy cannot ungift you, you've been packed. You're packing something. There's a gift inside you. There's a reward inside you. There's a calling inside you. There's something inside you that will make room and space for you that the enemies tried to condemn you in your mind that you're still not capable of bringing it to the surface because of what happened in the past. Thank God and God, your past does not equal the future. You may be a product of it, but thank God you don't got to live as a prisoner of it. Some of you need to sign the death certificate. Jesus signed the death certificate on your past a long time ago, but you need to sign the death certificate because you keep living reruns of your then when you're living in your now. How many are buying in a little bit in here? Come on, give me some energy if you're feeling this up in here. (laughs) Your voice, oh my gosh, it's full of insecurity. Oh my gosh, what do they think about me? Am I bloated, am I chubby, am I skinny, am I? So concerned what everybody thinks about me, oh my gosh. The only way out of that is to get God's opinion of you. Because God's opinion makes man's irrelevant. Let me say that again because that's a tweetable moment. If it was with Steve Harvey tonight, he'd be going, go blow that up Rex. God's opinion of you makes man's irrelevant. Imagine if you really had a God's eye view to how he sees you. Oh, we're having a little bit of music time. I love that. It was awesome. It was a little bit of like Celine Dion or something. It was like, just gelled right together. I love it. I was calling an audible right there. Do you see that? God's voice, it always tells you who you are, not what you're not. It tells you what you're capable of. It's speaking about things unseen that are still gonna to come to pass, that are still gonna happen for you. You're still gonna live up to your baby pictures, come on. Someone's still gonna get healed. Someone's still gonna have a great life. Someone's still gonna build a great family. So I'm gonna to go to this portion of scripture. Paul's talking and he's writing a letter. He's chained on the outside but not on the inside. He's writing a letter to his understudy, Timothy. Now, Timothy was raised by, his dad as a Greek. He's not into God at all. He's all in his head. He's nothing in his soul. Scary place to be. Wow. Wow. I know a lot of smart people that have, they're empty in their soul. Yeah. Come on. They have a gift that makes room for them, but they're miserable because they go home with just a gift. They don't have any intimacy. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. His mom and his grandma are both believers. So Paul says this to Timothy. I'm going to paraphrase. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5-7. through 7. Timothy, I want you to call back to your mind and remember the faith that was first in your grandmama. Oh, there it is behind me. Look at it. Your grandmother, Lois, and in your mama, Eunice. I got it from my mama. It's a little black eyed peas moment right there in church. I'm persuaded that is in you also. Verse six, go there. So I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Someone just say, I have. have. Just say it by faith. Put your hand in the air. You try other things, you might as well try this. Say, I have. have. A spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Come on, you you do yourself well saying that over yourself a bunch of times a day. So let me hit this. At this time of Timothy's life, things aren't going as planned. He started to pastor a church called Ephesus, which you get the book Ephesians. Super rich place. The only challenge is politically, Nero is cutting Christians' heads off, throwing them in bags of snakes, setting them on fire, especially leaders of the church. It's not popular. Timothy's young. He's still working with some of the pimples on his face. Come on. The older people in the church feel like he's not qualified and he's not good enough, and then the younger people, they don't feel like he's got enough courage, and now he's nervous because he don't want to die. He's second-guessing his commitment to God's call on his life, and he's thinking about, maybe I should revert back to a less threatening time because things are too tumultuous and there's pressure right now. Maybe this wasn't really what I was called to. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I shouldn't really fulfill all the way. Isn't that the way the enemy works, just throwing subtle little ideas? Maybe the business won't work out. Maybe the economic stream won't happen. Maybe you won't get healed. I know that happened for that other lady, that lady with stage four cancer that I prayed in here for a year ago, that they gave her no chance to live, and then she's here tonight because Jesus healed her. Okay, but maybe it happened for them, but it won't happen for you. Maybe you should just come on, play it safe. But Paul's sitting there in his corner man. I've worked with some of the UFC fighters, some of the different you know, boxers and different people in our world. You are, you're only as good as the corner man and the person in your corner telling you where to go, where, <laughs> where to hit, where to punch, and where to direct your movements. God in your corner, Paul's talking, he goes, I want you to remind yourself of the faith that first was in your grandma. I want you to go back to your spiritual DNA, not your natural DNA. You're gonna like this. If I took you, if I took you to the Kentucky Derby, a horse just doesn't end up there on accident. They have blood sport agents, and they track horses 50 to 60 years. They want to know generationally that if they're going to invest in the blood, they want to know that there's championship genes that they're investing in. So they'll go study three generations, the grandpa's stride, their speed, their, their jump, because those sport agents and those owners know winning doesn't just happen. Winning's only in the power of the blood. You're gonna like this. You're gonna like this, all you church people. Come on, touch the person next to you. Say that white boy's got something. Come on. Watch how powerful. They will invest a half a million to a million dollars to breed a horse. And when it comes out, it comes out all wobbly. They can't see that way very far in front of them, only about 10 feet. To the initial observer, people will look and go, they just wasted a half a million dollars. But the owner knows that inside of that colt, though there's initial weaknesses, there are different colors, there's spots, there's inadequacies, initially the owners know So inside of that cult, there might be genetics of five, six, seven, eight championships of the genes of champions that's on the inside of that cult. So they're not nervous about their weakness. God's not nervous that you got weakness. Why? Because he knows what's in your bloodline. Scientists will sell, tell you, genetically, you are predisposed for success. In your genes, you want to succeed. They just did a whole thing out of Harvard University talking about in your genes, it's wired into to want to succeed, to grow and become. Wow. Yeah. That's why kids have dreams. Yeah. The size of your life is the size of your dreams. Your dreams are a memorial of your past. They're a picture of your future, but they're a promise of your future. Yeah. The person without a dreams is a slave to their surroundings. Come on, the enemy loves to kill the dreamer inside of people. In fact, just for a minute, the dreamer inside you could talk, what would the dreamer say? As a kid, you had such imagination for who you could be, where you could go, who you could touch, what you could achieve. But I've watched how disappointment got inside you and dampened it, began to diminish the dreamer inside you. And I watched you shelve me on the roof, and you began to feed your cants rather than your wants. You become a forward person stuck on backward thoughts. What happened to the dreamer inside you? What happened to the lover inside you? Have you exchanged love for lust? Do you evaluate your relationships by what have you done for me lately? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Janet Jackson, come on. You say, is that a Hill song? No, it was Janet Jackson. <laughs> so good. So good. What about the leader inside you? Has that become lost too? Wow. Where now you just let complacency set in bills over pile things just ha- things don't change because you don't change them you're asking god to change something when he's anointed you to do it oh watch how good this is but winnings in the blood if i took you back to your spiritual dna just for a minute let's look at this god your father spoke in the world was creation is in your dna that's why you don't feel good in conflict you only feel good when you're creating something new It's in your blood. 564 times in the Bible, God references that here's work. Why? Because when you walk in the spirit, you want to work and create. When people say they want to be lazy, it tells me they don't want to walk in God's spirit. They want to walk in the spirit of the world that wants, watch, socialism. You pay me for what I don't do, or I live off your favor. The Bible says if you work your land, you can have an abundance. If you chase fantasies, you're a fool. This is good teaching. Come on. He didn't tell Noah, believe me a boat, pray me a boat, wish me a boat, give me a boat, build me a freaking boat. There's a dream inside you that God wants you to work it. Let me work it. Come on, somebody. Smack it up. And anyways, Lord, help me tonight. Hey. Hey. Jesus, your older brother, went to hell, so you don't got to go there. He defeated sin. He defeated sickness. He defeated poverty. He broke the curse of hell. He whooped the devil and left every demonic force in hell. Public service, no. So you don't got to be a slave of any demonic, unclean thing in your life. You may be in the world. You don't got to be of it. Moses, your spiritual ancestor, part of the freaking Red Sea, and delivered three million people. Nehemiah built in a time of political unrest. Buildings in your blood. Daniel went to a bed den with lions. Protections in your blood. Come on, if you get to pay attention. Samson toppled down a building with sheer strength. Strength is in your bloodline. Oh so Esther rose up as a champion for people that did not have a voice. Oh I want to raise up some advocates. Let's stop waiting for politics to change things. Let's stand up for ourselves and say, hey, I'm going to be a change I want to see. I'm going to change the educational side. I'm going to change my health care. I'm going to shift things. This is good teaching. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. You can handle this. You still with me? Can you handle 10 more minutes? And I'll pray for a couple people. Is that cool? Paul said, I want you to remember what's in your bloodline. Go back to your bloodline. God can handle you. He handled David, he handled cussing Peter. Come on, I never told Peter to quit cussing. God takes shaky people and gives them sturdy projects. He knows your frame, He knows you're a little weird. And it doesn't intimidate him. He's attracted because he knows the more you're with him, his strength will turn your weakness to strength. His dream should cause you to feel awkward. His calling should be so big. It intimidates you because it has to take God. A good idea may come to pass. A God idea has to come to pass, but he needs your cooperation. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. Well, if you stay in deliberation, how are you going to commit to anything? Your reality's formed around what you commit to, not what you're interested in. The enemy loves it when you second guess because then you dabble and flirt with everything. I'm gonna dabble with this. I'm gonna dabble with this business. I'm gonna dabble with this investment. I'm gonna dabble, I'm gonna flirt. I'm gonna dabble and I'm gonna flirt. You live with a divided mind. I call it ass mentality. Why, because a donkey and ass, you can put two billows of hay in front of it and it will starve to death because it can't make up its mind which one to eat are we starving because you won't make a decision about where you're going to eat? That was worth your gas money. Come on, this could really help somebody. <laughs> Slap the person next to you and say, come on. Come on, hey. Watch how cool. So here we go. You got to go move a little fast, okay? You're going to get a really fast version here. So he says, I want you to stir back up the gift of God inside you. Some of you, that's a business idea. Some of you, that's a talent. And other people may have your talent, but they don't got your twists. Come on. A talent will fail you if you don't skill it. Oh man, I wish I could park there for a minute. A skilled man or woman stands before kings. I want influence, I want platform. People want to be before people, but they don't want to go in the dark places. They don't want to work when no one's there. They don't want to go through the hell. They don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to go in the dark and build something, develop something. Nobody wanted to go with me when I walked away from professional baseball and I worked as a janitor in a freaking church, only so I had access to a building in the middle of the night. I would speak to 2,000 empty chairs, night in and night out. No one was cheering for me. They didn't like my jokes. The chandeliers did not talk back. The chairs did not get freaking healed. I'm sure the angels were like, is that kid okay? (laughs) The ones that were in there like, get that kid some Xanax or something. Come on, smile if you get this. Come on. Says, stir back up the gift in you. Don't let the gift just be about your gain. Let it be for good. Let me help you, church people. God gave you the gift. It will reward you, but it's to benefit other people. No one's going to live benefited from the gift and the intelligence and the wisdom you have if life's all about you. God gave you a gift to help somebody else out, to heal somebody, bring hope to somebody, bring change to somebody. Don't put it on the discount rack. Feed that fire inside you. Slap the person next to you and say, feed that fire. Do something with that thing. Do something with that thing. Something in your hand could create something in your future. Some of your business people, what's a new way to solve the problem that I sell? What's a new way to sell the problem I solve? Is there an emerging trend I could capitalize on because of culture right now and people are scared of people because media scared the life out of people and people didn't have enough faith or backbone. They had a wishbone and a funny bone but they lost their backbone to the news. Could there be opportunity to capitalize on it and rather say, well, I can't believe this happened. What about being an answer? I want to look and see, hey, is there a trend that is emerging that I could assert myself in, that I could add immense value because you're rewarded for the problems you solve, not the ones you create. Not the ones I criticize. And if you judge them, you can't influence them. If I judge you, I lose all the ability to love you because now I treat you that I'm better than you or I'm worse than you. Either way, you get a discount bad version of me. Wow. Someone's going to stir up the gift in them. Some of you can write. Some of you can bake. Some of you can create. Some of you can do a podcast teaching families how to do different things. Why don't I be a little bit more creative and add a little skill to your gift? Add a little skill. So when Jesus, and you stand before him one day, which you will, Whether you want to or not, he's going to ask you two questions. What did you do with me? Did you accept me or reject me? That answer to that determines where you go for eternity. Question number two, what did you do with what I gave you? Well, but you don't even know what I went through, Jesus. Really? And there's people in the Holocaust that found time to be merciful and get their skin off, their clothes off their back, starving. Well, you don't know what? I went through COVID season and I, you know, Louis left me and, you know, when did he leave you? 2001. Hello. That was like 21 years ago. Your excuses don't excuse you. They accuse you, abuse you and lose you. In fact, your excuse is BS, your belief system that keeps God from doing things in you because you put a can't where everywhere God's saying you can. So your mentality is, I'll never recover from this. I can't believe this is happening to me. He loves the seat of the victim. The enemy loves that for you. Why? Because there you make an idol of your pain rather than your purpose. Don't let your pain become a house for unclean spirits. You just need to hear what I just said. Don't let your pain become a house for bad spirits to dwell in. Let's go. Let's go. The more you talk about it, the more you agree and empower it. Maybe that's why a man has joy by the answer of his mouth, but a man also has misery by the answer of his mouth. He goes, I'll you to stir up this gift and to really be successful right now, Timothy, even when there's opposition, internally, externally, people that are supposed to get you, they're not sure about you. You're thinking about quitting. Here's three components you need. You need a sound mind. Someone say a sound mind. He didn't say a safe mind, he said a sound mind. People like a safe mind. Why, because the motto is, be careful, mijo. (laughs) Come on, Marco, come on. I'm not even Mexican, but I'm kind of Rexican the Mexican sometimes. (laughs) In Spanish class, they didn't have any more cool Mexican names. And so, Mr. Carmo said to me when I was in high school, she was, Well, what's gonna be your Hispanic name? I'll just, I'll just be Rexican the Mexican. And all the Mexican people freaking love me for it. I'm like, Yeah! <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> be careful, mijo. I, have a, I do have a grandma, she's Hispanic. And she'd be like, She'd go, me, be, be careful, mijo. I'm just going out to the car. I know, you never know. Be careful. <laughs> I'm just in the driveway. Be careful, Mijo. You never know. <laughs> I said one time ago. I go. I feel like I got like a little, uh, like a little cold. Oh, Mijo, you gotta be very careful. Go to the store tonight and buy some Vicks because Vicks in Hispanic culture it cures everything. <laughs> look at look at all these people like Amen, bro. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at that. That was like. <laughs> that's Mexican remedy right there. Can we just go down a little path right there for a minute? I mean, what do you mean? She goes, oh, you go get the Vicks, mijo. This is what you do. You put the Vicks, you rub it around your ears. I go, that just seems like it's going to make it greasy. No, 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 it works. It unclogs them. Then you put it on your toes, but be careful. Don't put too much on your toes because then the fumes will get up in your eyes and you can't see, mijo. She went on this whole thing, but the whole thing was be careful. How many of you had a parent or a mama? Come on. They're like, oh, go out for the team, but be careful. Start the business, but Be careful. You could go to the church, but you never know. Be careful. Come on. You could lift your hands to worship God, but you never know. Be careful. What they told us is you can do it, but don't go all the way in because something bad may happen. So you're looking for the bad and yet wanting the good. good. Other people got a stressed mind, focused on what you can't control. You stress and distress the same amount of pressure and anxiety, whether one turns into adrenaline or an 80-year-old woman can push off a car off of a kid or one turns into anxiety is determined by the meaning they attach to the stress. Because you don't live with the facts of your life, you live with the interpretation of the facts of your life. If you were to master your mind and have a sound mind, you gotta master meaning. You need to ask yourself in your relationships, is this the end or the beginning? Am I breaking down physically or am I building up? Am I gonna go over financially or am I gonna go under? What's the meaning you're attaching? A friend of mine, his child got diagnosed with a disease. He called me and I go, what are you gonna name her? Are you gonna name her a miracle or misery? If she could pop out of your wife's womb right now, she would beg you, don't call me a disease, dad. Call me a destiny. If you treat me like a disease, you're not going to give me the proper opportunity. Please call me a miracle so I got a fighting chance on the planet. What do you need to attach a different meaning to? Maybe, let me, I'm going to say this for a couple of people in here because some people in here, some of you have been under really a heavy, dark thoughts that have come at you and the enemy wants you to believe those are your thoughts and something's wrong with you. You okay? Can I go there a little bit? Will you let me, let me into your world? Because his idea is that you'll feel the thought. And then he said, well, if I feel it, culture tells me I am it or that's my thought. When in reality, it's only a thought. I remember in seventh grade after I kissed Wendy Lopez for the first time, that was a positive moment. Her braces ate me up, but it was cool. I was walking into class and a bird pooped on my head. Thanks for laughing at my hardship. I appreciate that. You're so kind. I remember a bird pooped on my head, and I was like, oh, my goodness. The Lord's getting me back for kissing Wendy Lopez. And I felt it, but I didn't want nobody else to see. Come on. You know, you're like, you're trying to seventh grade, trying to protect the reputation. So I went to the class. I went to Mr. Ty, and I go, hey, Mr. Ty, I need to go to the restroom. He goes, you got to go number one? And I go, yeah, something like that. I just need to really go fast. I remember going there, and I thought about, I could do nothing to control the bird pooping in my head. But I had the power to determine how long that crap was going to sit in my head. You might not be able to control the thoughts the enemy throws at you and things that happen, but you have the ability through the grace of God to determine how long those thoughts rob you of joy, confidence. You have the ability, the word of God, to be able to sit there and say, it is written, I'm going to think on this. That's why the scripture says, guide your mind. It didn't say God will guide your mind. It says you guide your mind in the way of the Lord. Therefore, I'm going to choose to think on things that are true. Lovely, worthy of praise. Some of you would do yourself the best thing in the world of getting up and just going, you know what, this is going to end well. What if every day that became your motto? This is going to end well. This business is going to end well. My relationship is going to end well. My health is going to end well. My kids are going to end well. They might be struggling right now, but it's going to end well. My joy, the things are going to, it's going to end well. It's going to end well. What if you just went everywhere you go, this is going to end well. I bet you'd be so much more lovely, so much more kind and generous, so much more happy and positive and hopeful, and you can't walk with God if you don't have hope. He's so positive. You can't be negative and walk with him. He won't walk into your house. Why? Because it offends his grace. Hang out with negative people and see how it affects you. You feel like you got constricted inside. I don't mean being honest. You need to tell yourself the truth. That doesn't mean not telling yourself the truth. Because a lot of people that are in the faith world, they like to live in denial. And denial is not faith. Faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. Faith tells yourself the truth and it deals with something and has the ability, the fortitude, but it has hope as a motivator that where I am is not where I'm going to end up. Imagine how different your life would be. This is going to end well. This is going to end well. This is going to end well. Can I tell you something? There's a financial breakthrough that's going to happen for you the very first week, and it's going to come, and it's going to be a consummation of things you've been working on since March, says the Lord. Watch the first week of November, around November 1, 2, and 3. There's going to be a financial provision that's going to come, but it's going to position things that you've been working on, and the secret, and God's about to restore things even in your own soul, and you are going to be a hero, not just to the world, but in your own freaking family. God's going to make stuff up to you where religion tried to take it away from you. Because your soul's about to shine bright on this planet. What we talked about at dinner is about to be magnified through your life. And you're going to be viewed all the time of the hardship, the work, everything that went down under the dark places. God's about to reward in the light. You're about to step into a new chapter of your life. And then does not equal now. Things are shifting in your favor. Not bad. I told someone that the other day in Atlanta. Uh, they were gonna get they were gonna have like a whole thing and they were gonna drop their school debt and over thirty something thousand dollars overnight. Watch things can shift in a moment. I'm not a good I'm not as a good man, I'm a god man. Come on, why we, we did this at Facebook. Come on, we do this the, the other day at Instagram. Why the power of God's God gives you spiritual gifts, they love his love language. You don't need them when you go to heaven for churches who say they don't exist anymore. Then why do you even need Jesus if if his gifts don't exist anymore? Just wanna throw ideas that make you think about what you're thinking about. Come on. It's a sound mind but a spirit of love and I gotta move a little faster. Will you take love, will you fake love, or will you make love? Don't let your life be a false advertisement. There's a lot of people fake love. When I go to Disneyland and there's there's Cinderella's Castle, as a kid, you think, oh my gosh, it looks so beautiful. My little girl's like, dad, I want to go see Cinderella's Castle. It's so, it's magical. You get there, it's not even a castle. It's a walkway. It's like that big. You're like, I got freaking robbed. I paid a hundred bucks to come to this. All for Cinderella's Castle. You're at your best when you're loving. That's why the enemy's tried to injure you through rejection to get you to where you closed off and you build resistance to people and resistance to love. But you know, as close well as I know, you're only alive to the point that you're willing to love and put yourself on the line for other people. Your faith can't even work without love. Your faith, my faith cannot work if I'm not in love. Let me ask you then to help you real quickly. What are you doing with the love of God? Are you accepting it and receiving it daily, or are you resisting it because you nurse, curse, and rehearse everything that you've gone through and where you missed it, where it didn't work, or things you brought broken promises you made, or things done to you? If he can kill the lover in you, you don't have a life, you just have a job. So good. You got a career. Isn't the thing that we love is when somebody can love us? When you can light somebody up, isn't it the moment you feel so much alive, when you're able to get in someone's world, you step into their world, you see their value? Come on, you, you, you disrupt their normal, you share something, there's synergy, there's a bond, there's a connection. Isn't that where you feel most alive, when you're sharing your heart, you're not, and you care about somebody? Like Kanye West said, I remember being with him when I you got your love locked down, your love locked down. Good song. Many people got their love locked down. It got locked down, well that person did this to me. And the enemy's got you internalizing in your mind, having board meetings in the middle of the night about how way people screwed you over, twisted night. They might have hit your back, but why do you gotta give them your heart? When my wife was raped by a pastor and then lived on a bed for nine and a half months fighting for sanity in her brain, tormented in her soul, a great woman, A great woman that was trying to live with all of her heart, mind, soul. The thing he went after was not just her body to stop her soul, her heart. Maybe all the attacks is to stop your heart. Maybe it's to have a spiritual heart attack to create a hole in your heart. Because when you got a hole in your heart, you die. You might physically live, but you spiritually die. In the ninth month, Jesus walked into my wife's room. Whether you believe it or not, I can only tell you my story. And he said, they touched your body, but they never touched the real you unless you give that power to them. Her first time she was able to see what had happened to her did not take away anything God ever gave her. Only if she attached that that person robbed me of everything. See, everything God gave you, watch. You want to master love in your life? Become mercy-minded. God, help me become mercy-minded. How how am I gonna forgive them? Realize how much you've been forgiven. Because you get better than you give. Every one of us gets better than what we give. If you don't believe me, go home tonight. Realize all the way people have given to you, small and big, over the last six months, and write all the things that you think you've given. I guarantee you what you've got for what you've given is doesn't even comparison. You always get better than you give. And if you really want to see things turns around, be like Job. Job 4210. People think Job it lasted forever. It was six to eight months. He prayed for his friends that criticized him, that told him he had a lack of faith, that he had bitterness, that something was wrong. He prayed for his friend's blessing, and the Lord turned his captivity and gave him back twice as much as he had before. Could there be a blessing in taking back the lover in you and saying, I'm going to pray for those who did me wrong. God, give them mercy. Give them mercy. Change their heart. Change their mind. Give them mercy. Give them mercy. Be like Nelson Mandela when he walked out of that prison in South Africa, he said, if I did not forgive, I would have walked out of there being as much of a prisoner had I been for the last 27 years. Can you handle a couple more minutes? Are you okay? Are you? Are you, are you? If I took you to South Africa, what would have started the apartheid. Real quickly, a woman, an officer Brock, a white bigot police officer, went to a black little area, shanty area, and he took this family out, this black African family, black family, and he set the son, the shot and killed the son right in front of the mom and dad. True story. They returned a couple weeks later and took the dad. The wife did not know. She took a bus, they did not have a car, went to the police department, tried to get justice. They did not give any justice. Over a year, they came and picked up that woman and took her out to a field. There her husband was taped, or they, str- they roped him to a piece of wood. They put gasoline on him, set him on fire, and called them racial slurs by these white bigot police officers right in the woman's face. They tried the court. You can go read it online. They they tried him. Eventually, they got they found him guilty, and they let the woman speak in front of the South African, in front of the whole entire council. And they said, what do you think should happen? What do you want to say? She was older. She could hardly walk. She said to the judge, number one, judge, I need someone to take me back to where my, father, my husband's ashes are. He was a good man, a loving man. We didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of love in our home, and he was a wonderful man, and I want to give him a proper burial. The judge said, absolutely. Number two, I want to talk to Mr. Vanderbrock. Can you stand up, sir? Yes. I want to tell you today that I choose to forgive you. You're off my hook, but you're not off God's hook. True story. See, Mr. Vanderbrock, I don't have very good skills, I don't got very much talent, but one thing I do have is love, and I realize that if I don't forgive you today, that I'm gonna live like what you did to my family, destroy the only part that has value in me, and that is the lover, and I refuse to give that to your evil behavior. So today, I'm making a decision that I release you, and I forgive you, all across that platform, all across that, all across that courtroom. People began to weep and cry. He said, somebody, can somebody please help me over there? Because I don't want these words just to be words. I want them to feel it. I want to hug him. And when she went over there, she went to hug him, and he passed out, knocked out. She says, judge... Please, now that I don't have a son or a husband, can he come by court appointment? Because I need someone to show love to, so that I can live. Don't let him kill me too, because I have no one to show love. Can he be brought to my home two times a week, so I have someone to make food for, to love and to show mercy to, so that I can really do something special? All across that room, black people took white people that had been segregated, that they didn't talk, they didn't connect, And they began to sing across that room. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. One woman who became mercy-minded. She didn't wait for a political figure to rise up. Nelson Mandela rose on the back of a woman that decided to stand up and show mercy. What if you took back the lover inside you? And finally, a spirit of power. You got power. The Bible says God gave you power. Ephesians 119 says he prays that you would understand how much power you pack. If some of you could see yourself in the spirit world, the demons are like, oh my gosh, I pray that they can't see who they are. Wow! wow. Do you know who you are? Do you know who's around you well I'm just no you just ain't nothing come on you're a child of God do you know who lives in you first John four seventeen ought to become your anthem as Jesus is right now so am I in this world would that change your life if that actually got in you and it wasn't just a Bible verse but it was actually a mentality wow. Wow. <sighs> You have power, how do I unleash it? How do I unpack it? You have power to forgive. You have power to speak God's word and let it come to pass. I'm five minutes over, so I'm sorry for going a little late. You eat your words. Think about how powerful your words have the ability to change things. When I spoke at the Pentagon, they have not just eye prints or fingerprints to get into places, they use your voice print as an eye opportunity. They can recognize by your voice that you have access to certain places only by the sound of your voice. You know in the spirit that you have a voice pass that allows you to do things in God that if you ever speak God's promise over your life, not problems, you have passed to things. Even if I told you really spiritual stuff, Jacob's ladder, the word ladder means the word voice. Angels go up and angels go down by the power of your voice. When you speak what's happening in your world, you're allowing the things around you to have more control and influence. But if you wanted to actually activate your angels... Daniel 10, 12 says this, the angels came to him and they said, we're only coming because of the words you spoke. Yeah. Imagine if you got one or two promises that you started speaking over your kids. All my needs are going to be met. The favor of God's on my life. God's opening doors that no man can shut. Your angelic angels that Jesus has for you start opening doors, started kicking demons in the head. Imagine the breakthroughs that you could create with your mouth. Shakespeare said, my voice is my sword. Watch and you have power to heal people. Oh, religion wouldn't want you to know that. People told me to stop that. When I was with Reese Witherspoon, all these interesting people one day, they were telling me, we're bringing Prince to come hear you speak tonight. He's going to love you. You're going to be so motivational. This is before he passed. And they said, we want to put you with Ryan Seacrest. We want you to do this. We want you to do that. But here's the deal. We don't want you to talk about God and don't pray for people. And I remember telling the agent, Magic Johnson's agent, I go, this is, you didn't tell me this ahead of time. See, before we ever got to that meeting, I already made a decision with me and God when I wasn't popular. And I said I'd always be able to do whatever I could to live the Jesus style, and I'm always going to pray for hurting people. Well, but, but Rex, we can make so much money, it'd be so much big. You could do that every once in a while on the side. No, 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 I don't think you'd understand. Yeah, wow. I'm not for sale, I'm not a spiritual prostitute. you can't buy me. So last week in our church in the Waken, I sat there and I was telling a story. A word of knowledge came a couple of weeks prior. And I said, there's a seven year old girl here. A uh, seven year old girl. She's going to second grade. Didn't know these people ever, I said, there's like 2000 people in the room. I said, she can't read. She's having really difficult learning. I said, the spirit of God's going to touch her neurological function and she's going to be able to read and cognitively know stuff. Well, this bodybuilding family stands up, and they go, our daughter was in a very severe accident as a little baby. And they came down, their first time ever to an awakened church, true story. And they put it up online, so this isn't like our advertising or anything. They came down, we said a little prayer, and I felt, I said, the angel of the Lord is gonna go and touch your daughter's neurological system and two neurons that are closed are gonna to begin to fire, and she's gonna be able to be able to think and cognitively think and be able to comprehend things. The next morning, the, mo- the woman walked out and she was looking at her emails on her phone, and she looked over and there's pictures all online now. Her daughter's sitting there reading for the very first time in her life in a matter of moments. Why are you saying that? To encourage your faith. And finally, this is the last one. Last week at the end, I said, there's somebody here and you're crippled on your left-hand side. You have like in your knee, in your leg area. And a lady was in the very back. First time ever to a church in her whole entire life. Muslim background. Had no idea. She walked like this. And we had so many people last week. It's online. We had to put people all sitting up and down the aisles and in front. We couldn't get them all into the building. What a great problem to have so many healings. That's what happens when God shows up. I've been in church where there's a lot of church but little God. For real. You ever been there? And I remember this woman coming up there and we said a little prayer and that woman took off running. She started weeping and crying. Had no idea she was even Muslim. Her first time and her husband ever in a church and they experienced how much God loved them and they got healed completely. She took off on her own. Didn't know church behavior. Didn't know Christian words to say. Jesus healed her. There's people in here that have pain today. Can I pray for a couple people real quick? Are you cool with that? And it's a good night and you're still going to get home by 8.30 to catch the reruns of whatever bachelor season we're on? Is that cool? There's someone who's, oh, okay. Is there someone who's got pain in your feet, on the top of your feet? You have to get pain in your, you do, ma'am? What's your name? Can you come to the front like it's the price is right? This isn't Christian TV. I don't do Christian TV. I don't ask you for your money. You're not gonna join some list. I'm not gonna send you holy water from Jerusalem. I pray for people because I care. I don't get paid to pray for people. I do this because I care. I grew up in a home where we knew the blue cross, the red cross, but we didn't know the healing power of the cross. So we spent a lot of money on doctors and I said, God, if you'll ever do something special with me, I'll always give it a shot and go for it. What if, they, what if, what if, what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if it does? What if it doesn't work out? What if it does? At the White House, God was the same. Eddie Murphy's house, God was the same. I'm just using names to help you. Go watch how powerful Robert Downey Jr., the Iron Man. How do you think he got out of addiction? If you only knew in a house, Jesus touched him, he laid on the floor, bad things came out and God filled him and he became the freaking Iron Man. I would, you're, this is going to be cool. You're nice. What's your name? I'm Sharon. You're Sharon. Give Sharon a big old clap. <laughs> Why are you shaking? Fire. You're feeling fire. Am I that hot? <laughs> oh... Okay, so watch me. I want you to close your eyes, okay? I'm not going to let you fall down, okay? Close your eyes for a minute. Just lift your hands because you're an incredible woman. I really like you. And you got a beautiful heart to help people, okay? Okay, I want you. Yeah, watch. Okay, I'll just slow down. Slow down. There you go. I got you. I got you. It's all good. Okay, watch. how oh, cool. You're going to feel peace, so you're going to have to totally chill, okay? It's going to be really nice. That's how you're going to feel better. Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I'm in South Jordan. I met some cool friends for lunch today and I haven't slept in a couple days. And Jesus, you're gonna feel warmth, go through that, your left top of your left leg and your top of your foot. You're actually gonna feel really better and then your right, watch how cool this is, the arches of your feet. Thank you God for being a healer. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Okay, now watch, watch, walk with me. Watch how good you're gonna feel. I've done this in the NFL locker rooms. Trip people out. RG three, the famous quarterback, got his career back this way. For reals, K, okay? what does that feel like? You no, know, but your feet. You're like in this cool moment. I don't like when. I'm, what's that? Where's all that pain? The pain's alleviated. Okay, I want you to rock. Okay, don't jerk. I want you to walk. Okay, we can do that on the soul train. Come on. Come on, walk with me. Move a little bit. Is there a difference there? What's a lot of difference? What's the difference? Swelling's gone down. Swelling's gone down, jump up and down. Watch how good you feel, for real. You what? You had polio? Okay, we can jump up and down, go ahead. I don't care, I'm with you. Do it again. I like, she said, she goes, I can't do it. I go, let's do it. Is there a difference? Yes, there is a difference. So who's helping you? God's helping you. Isn't that cool? And you're such a good lady. Thank God you got a great smile. Will you do me a favor this week? Will you tell a lot of people how special they are? You're good at that. You got that? You got it. Why don't you give her a big old clap? That's cool. Kay, I want you to hop back because you can do it. He'll take you. Look, he's good looking too. He'll grab her arm. I got a seal guy up front. He ain't going to let me get hit. Come on. Someone else, someone else, you have circulation problems in your leg, in your legs. You get circulation problems in your, in your, in your legs. Where are you? You do, sir, a couple people, one and two, one and two. You do. Can I pray for you real quick? Are you cool? Is that okay? Thank you so much. What's your name? How you doing? How are you? Rex, great to meet you. Nice to meet you. You're awesome. Is it discomforting right now? Yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, burning my my legs. Your legs? Yeah, circulation. circulation. I felt for a long problem, a long time, I felt it in in my belly and in in the legs. Do you think God would heal somebody like you? Yeah. Why? Because He's love. Because He's love. Yeah, what a good answer. (laughs) Ah. Okay. so here's what we're going to do. Can you guys stretch your hands? Give me three minutes. We'll stretch our hands towards him and we're going to pray for this really nice guy. Okay, because I don't want him to go home in pain. Okay, so you put your own reputation aside and what would Jesus do in there? Would he watch people in pain or would he heal people in pain? And if I'm a Jesus follower, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Let's do the Jesus style. Is that cool? Okay, so just lift your hands. We'll try this, like to God. Okay, Jesus, we thank you for bringing healing all throughout his body you're going to feel a warmth go through your back your legs watch how cool is this in the vein area don't let him fall over you're going to feel that in your in your vein on the on the lower in the in the the, behind the knee lord let your healing presence flow through his body bring healing all throughout his mortal body in his lower back his stomach his digestive tract thank you for touching his body tonight you're going to feel better this is going to be awesome you feel that yeah is that trippy what are you feeling? I'm feeling nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like special dust, huh? Watch, watch. Come on, walk. Watch. I want you to move. Look for healing in your body. For real. Move your legs. What's the difference that you're feeling? Tell the truth. I'm feeling very, nice. very good. How di- how different is that from when you were back there? I was feeling like I'm tired, something like bothering me. Yeah. And then what happened right now? jump up and down for a little bit on those legs watch that what does that feel like do that again is that that cool or what come on isn't that cool (laughs) isn't God good to you why don't you give the Lord only a clap what a cool God he answered hey how good does your tummy feel how good does your tummy feel I feel good feel good I can't say very well because uh, I, I felt a little thing, some inflammation, I, what I'm feeling now, right now, the, a little bit in the stomach. Let's go after that. you okay? Put your hand there. I'm not intimidated by that. What an opportunity for God. Sickness doesn't scare me. God, thank you for bringing healing all throughout his body. Thank you for what you're doing in his legs. He's feeling really good because you're helping him. Lord, let your healing presence, you're going to feel a really warm heat go through that area. One, two, three, boom, go through that area. And Lord, I thank you for touching his digestive tract and bringing healing and removing and reducing all that inflammation. We thank you for it. In your great name, Jesus. Amen. You feel that? What's happening right there? I feel some movement here. Trippy? Something's moving in there. God's healing you. You asked him to heal you, so that's what he's doing. Move it around. Move your stomach around. Watch. Free health care. It's better than Obama's plan. It's better than Trump's plan. It's definitely better than Biden's plan. He doesn't have one. Aren't you glad you came to church on a Wednesday night? You're freaking cool, huh? Let me pray for you real quick, and then I'll pray for everybody. We'll get out of here. Okay, where's, what, what, what's going on? A lot of neuropathy pain, neuropathy pain. so numbness. Yeah. How did you get all that? Um, I don't know, i been to doctors, and okay. just can't figure okay. out what's hey, going on. Angela. Hey, Angela, what a happy person, huh? Doesn't she look happy? <laughs> would you guys pray for her? Just put your hands out towards her like you care, because we do. Jesus, I ask that your healing presence would flow through Angela's body. I pray that you would just touch Lord and remove every bit of neuropathy in her legs. Restore the nerve endings, I pray all throughout her hips her thighs I pray all throughout her mortal body touch it Lord her nervous system and I thank you Lord for the great opportunities you have in front of her I think you're going to give her wisdom I feel like two doors are going to open for you there's going to be there's gonna, pretty quickly one's going to be a go and one's going to be a no and God's going to give you wisdom on what to say yes to and no to it's going to happen pretty quickly in the month of October Lord I thank you that you've gone ahead of her too thank you God for great things that are coming her way in Jesus' name. Whew. What'd you feel? Peace, calmness. Move your leg, look for healing. Most people pray for one thing and they look for the other. What does it feel? We're not hurting right now. What, were you hurting over there? Yeah. Does it hurt to run? Yeah. Your foot in your thigh and it's not hurting right now? So we must be doing yeah. something wrong. You're in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the moment. Move your leg, look for healing. Everyone's watching, you better do it Good. <laughs> Don't botch it. For reals? Would it hurt normally to run or to jump or anything like that? Would it normally? No, I'm just in constant pain. Where's all that pain? Move it around. Yeah, you're used to it. Where'd you get a new normal out of this? Come on. Where's no, It's not there, isn't that trippy? There's no pain. Isn't that great? So who healed you? Who's healing you and touching you through prayer? God's goodness to you. Isn't that cool? You're a good woman. Give her, give God a clap. That's cool. That's cool that you don't have pain. You had pain, and now you don't have pain. You don't have... My whole body just feels overwhelmed with peace. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that a great feeling? Yeah, and you're gonna make, you are gonna make a difference for a lot of people. I like that about you. I've never talked to you before. But you have heroism inside you. For real. If I was your older brother, I would counsel you. Look at all the different opportunities you have just to continue to be a hero to people. For real, cause you do you make a difference with that smile and you care. You freaking care. And that's huge in our world. Yeah, cool. So glad you came. Okay, and I got one more. I got one more. I love it. How are you? Look at your beautiful ring. Oh, thank you. David Yerman? It is huh? ah! See, I did good right there. I even know my jewelry.
0: Your legs. Okay. Okay. I walk we pray for God every day. God, give me and my leg. I go the doctor. give
1: So this is gonna be really cool, okay? All these people are gonna love you so much, okay? Even if you've never met them before. And through our love, God our faith is gonna to touch God and God's gonna flow through your body. Is that cool? Okay, so stretch your hands towards this really wonderful lady. Okay, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, let your healing presence flow through her body. Remove all that pain. Remove all that hurt inside of her body, her ligaments, her joints. I pray that you would restore even the calcium where there's a deficiency in the bones. I ask you to restore supernaturally and creatively God, calcium in her bones. And I thank you for bringing healing all throughout her knee, her joints. Remove any osteoporosis around that kneecap too. I thank you for it. You're going to feel a warmth go through that area. One, two, boom, go through that area. Isn't that trippy? You feel that? Yeah, yeah for real, huh? For real, no joke. You should have seen this on Delta Airlines the other day, not too long ago. This person walked up, the a stewardess, and she goes, who are you? I go, I'm a really happy guy. She goes, but you have like an aura. I go, oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> She's like, are you into energies? I'm like, kind of. And so she goes, can I just come sit next to you? I thought she was flirting a minute. I go, well, I'm married. She goes, no, 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 I just wanna come sit next to you and absorb it. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) And she came sat next to me. I go, can I tell you about your life? And I started telling her about her life and she started weeping and crying. She goes, can you come in the back? And we got a couple jacked up people she says back there. And I went back there. There's like three Brandon. I went back there. The power of God hit these people and they're crying and they're weeping all by the bathroom. It was awesome. I was having like hanging out right on the airplane. God's good. Aren't you scared it won't work out? No. When you care enough about people, you lose your own reputation. At that point, God can take you places. Takes the pressure. You're not the healer. He didn't ask me to heal. He asked me to put my hands on people and believe him for it. I'm not the provider. Watch. Ooh, that crazy? What would you just feel? Isn't that trippy? Okay, what just happened? Tell the people.
0: This more better. This good. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I knew it. I knew you healing me. I knew it, Lord. I
1: knew it, beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. What just, happened? what just happened? Come on, go girl. You're like Forrest Gump. Come on, look at. I was running. When was the last time you could do that?
0: Again, can't walk.
1: When was the last time you could do that?
0: I, me not understand a lot of English, but my daughter is here.
1: How long has it been since she's been able to do that? Hey, let's do that again. Come on, let's do that again. Come on, we're going to get you back, girlfriend. Come on, get it back. Girl, get it back. Watch how... (laughs) Why don't we give the Lord a big old clap? I'm done for the night, but why don't you give the Lord a big old clap? Come on, all you party people. It's Wednesday night, Miercoles. Come on, Salt Lake City! Let me do something. Let me just pray for everybody. Stand up. Put your hands on your shoulder. Put your hand on your chest. Let me just pray for everybody real quick. How are you glad you came tonight? How many feel better? How many feel better in your soul, your mind, your body? By a show of hands, how many of you feel better? How many ready to attack life and force your faith on your feelings a little bit? How many to take some power back and have a sound mind? How many ready gonna let love win big in this week? Come on, love's gonna get big. Some of you ought to go watch the movie Secretariat this week, the movie about the horse. They found out with the one that won the triple crown, when they opened it up, its heart was twice the size of every other heart. That's why I was able, even though it was smaller, it did more than all the other championship horses because its heart was twice the size. Imagine if you let God's love get so in your heart where it became twice the size it is now. I guarantee you'd be the most dominant person in this whole region. You would make the greatest difference. Let love lead. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Lord, I pray the great presence of your spirit would be on every burden's life. I pray burdens would be lifted right now. Heavy burdens would be lifted off people. Financial burdens would be lifted. I pray bring beauty where there's ashes. People that have felt like giving up. I pray you would restore hope tonight. I pray every sick body tonight would be healed because the Bible says you took our sicknesses so we can be healed. I pray you'd lift off oppression. Restore dreams to people. Restore vision to people. Restore hope for our families. And I pray that love would not be quenched it would not be canceled out of our heart but love would live big through us and i pray power would flow through our lives power in negotiations power in business power financially power as a parent power as a leader power to do the works of jesus power to forgive power to speak god's word and see it come to pass we thank you for miracles that are in motion and for being so nice to us in jesus powerful name
0: everybody said